Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses. Grab a drink, sit back and listen because we are about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. Hey, welcome back. We are so excited to bring you another episode. I feel like this is my intro every single time, but you know, you guys get used to it and I'm feeling it. Yeah, then you know, you know what you're going to (laughs) get. So this one is a special one because this is our first coach's kid and we are going to let her kick it off. Hello, my name is Anna Carr. My dad is John Carr, and he coaches inside receivers at Troy University in Troy, Alabama, and we absolutely love it here. This is our second season here, and I'm a sophomore at Troy, so I basically just followed him here. (laughs) Okay, you did not start out at Troy, though, growing up. So where was that first school that you remember growing up with? So I lived in Monroe, Louisiana. If anyone knows of like Duck Dynasty or anything, we kind of lived around that area until I was in seventh grade. And then my dad was a high school head coach in Monroe. And then he really kind of wanted to get into college or we kind of were talking about it. Or So my seventh grade year, we moved to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and he was at Southern Miss. And I was there seventh grade through 12th grade. I graduated high school there. My sophomore year, he left and went to a junior college to be an offensive coordinator. So that was kind of a new little atmosphere. And then my senior year, he went to ULM, which is back in Monroe. And so we kind of had it planned that I would, we would all move to Monroe my senior year. So that was really hard about like, oh, I'm going to have to move senior year. But Fortunately and unfortunately, our house didn't sell in Hattiesburg. So my mom, sister, and I, we stayed in Hattiesburg. And dad actually lived in a dorm in ULM, like there. And so he was like neighbors with all these football players. And we lived in Hattiesburg and would just travel back and forth. And then I guess it was kind of a God thing. We didn't move to Monroe back because a year later he got a job at Troy. So it really saved us from having to like move twice in a year. And then Troy kind of happened and I was going to college. I'm a big family girl. So I was like, I want to be with them. And so I came to Troy and here we are and we love it here. So when you're going back and forth from like Hattiesburg to Monroe, give people an idea that aren't from the area of how far that is. Like, did you guys see him once a week? Did you go for games or like, what did that look like for you guys? It was about three and a half hours from Hattiesburg to Monroe. So it wasn't like not doable, but it got old like every weekend, you know, we were just like, why can't we just be together? I think it was really hard during the season. Dad couldn't really come home at all. I'll probably know how busy that is. So we would try to go there as much as we could, but also it was hard, you know, senior year, there was cheering for me like I was a cheerleader so there were so many things that I was like why can't dad be here for senior night or whatever and then there were things at church that he couldn't be at which that's just part of it 
But anytime that we could go there, we were there all the time. My grandparents lived there, so we would just stay with them and try to see them as much as we could. But we were so thankful when we finally got to be back together. It was needed. (laughs) So growing up, what did your parents basically tell you when, you know, dad's not able to go to all these things and watch you cheer? And I know that being a kid and like looking up in the stands and wanting to see your dad, that is like a big thing. So what was that parenting behind that? Do you remember what your parents told you? Yeah, they told me, because college football and high school football is a lot different as far as like how much dad can be at. And so high school football, he really didn't miss out on much. There was everything he could really be at. And so college ball, when that hit, I was older and I was like, why, why, why? And mom and dad really said like, This is just the job that dad's chosen and you're going to hear a lot, but you have to know that none of that defines us. None of that is like who we are. You know, dad's job is dad's job and dad is a dad is dad is a dad. You know, those are two completely different things. And so, you know, we're going to support him and we're going to be all in with him, but the coach dad isn't dad. And so they did a really good job of explaining and defining the difference between those two. And I think that's why it's so easy now to just let everything just be like work is work and home is home. And he's so good at that. And so they were just from the start, we were all on the same page about, you know, who we were and what we were going to stand for as a family. I feel like that's so hard too, like hearing things. I mean, we see it from a different perspective of hearing things like about your significant other, but hearing things about your dad, like, I feel like that's so tough to like block that out. So what were like your tactics that you guys use to keep that separate? Dad would always tell us, you know, get comfortable at being uncomfortable. And we always were like, dad, we don't know what that means. Like, okay, that's cool advice. But he always told us it's not a matter of if you're going to have to change what you're used to. It's just when. And so you get comfortable at this school with your friends and this church with your group. But then, you know, you have to move and you have to do all that and you have to get out of your comfort zone. And no one likes change. But with the job he's chosen, that's just how it's going to be. Like my mom handled him getting, I guess you could say bashed. He never really got bashed, but just like the outside media, whatever. You could tell she handled it so much better than I did. Because like he's the one that like set the standard for me. You know, that's like my hero, whatever. And so hearing that, I was like, I like still to this day, I cannot sit in the student section at a football game because I know I'm just setting myself up to get upset. But you're going to hear all that. It's inevitable. So I think it's just how you choose to handle that and your perspective you have about it. Yeah, that's really good. I do feel like with coaches' kids, from what I've seen from different schools, is that there is a maturity about coaches' children because um, when they get to a certain age, they are so used to moving around that you are almost like just adapting. And I think that that's so wonderful because you do get to grow in that aspect because some adults don't even move once like in their Mm -hmm. lifetime. And so do you feel like looking back like at your childhood and then like where you, you know, are now, do you feel feel like those experiences have kind of like shaped you right yeah I definitely think us growing up with we only had to move like three times which is compared to a lot of people not that many times and I just am like how do people do it on the regular none of the moves we've been like no we don't want to go we don't want to do it but it's never been easy you know anyone that tells you change is easy it's not and so I think it made my sister and I both I think it made us really just 
forcing us to get out of our comfort zone. And now when we have to do it, it's not so weird and uptight and like, ah, like when I came and introduced myself to y'all at a football game, I was like, what am I even doing? You know, so I would have never done that just me if I was just in my little, you know, the same place. So, which it is really cool looking back how you get to meet people along the way and you're still so close to them. I think it's just made us able to communicate and just adapt kind of however we have to do it. That's so great about coaches kids. And it's good to hear too, I think from our perspective, knowing that, and I'm sure some of these women that have young kids that they're raising just to know, you know, the resilience factor that they're already instilling in their kids. When you were younger, what was the holidays like for you? I guess when he started coaching in college, because high school, I'm assuming they had some time off. So what does the college life look like? Yeah, when we moved to college, there was bowl games and in high school, there's playoffs, but in college, it's more like bowl games and it's right in the middle of holidays. And so I remember specifically on Christmas, we were at Southern Miss and we had gone to the Dallas Bowl and it was the day after Christmas. So we were there on Christmas day. And for a few of us, it was the first time not being home at Christmas. And of course, we're all kind of like bummed out. We have a hotel room with a small tree and it's just not at home. But Christmas Day, we go for a walk in Dallas and the head coach's wife, Miss Terry Munkin, we were walking and she starts talking about how blessed we are to be, you know, in this new city and we're still having the opportunity to play. And she said, we've been blessed, so we're going to be a blessing. And we were all just like, what? You know, okay. So then we stop at McDonald's because it's the only place open on Christmas Day. And we all go up and order. And I hear her order like 100 apple pies. And I was like, what are we about to do with these 100 apple pies? And so she hands each of us like a bag. And she says, we're going to go out and we're going to start walking. And anyone that we see that's sitting on a bench or walking or sitting, whatever, if they look like they need a smile, hand them an apple pie and say Merry Christmas. And we were all like, well, okay, you know, so we did it. And then after we were done, it was like, oh my gosh, like that was so much more rewarding than waking up at home with Christmas and normal like cinnamon roll routine breakfast, you know, so, and it was a good reminder that these people that we gave these apple pies to, they don't remember us as the coach's kids. You know, they remember us as like this little light, hopefully, that we gave them on Christmas. So it was just a good reminder that at the end of the day, it is just a game. And if you're given the platform through football or any sport, you know, use it to make someone else's day, you know, use it for good. So I guess since that Christmas, that was the first one I wasn't at home. Now it's like, when are we going to a bowl game week? Are we going, you know, because we want to do that again, because it was just so much fun. It was hard at first, but then it was like so much better than I imagined it would be. That story is just like, it warms my heart. I, <laughs> I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I do think that it is all about perspective. And Brittany and I talk about it all the time because, yes, you could be sitting in a hotel on Christmas Day. We did it last year. And just trying to wrap your mind around, okay, since we are at this bowl game, what is this opportunity that we have? So I think that's wonderful that you were able to be a part of that blessing for somebody else. So now that you are in college and your dad is coaching at the same college that you were going to, I feel like it would be hard to be the college student and then also be the coach's daughter. So have you figured out how to separate the two? That's actually a really good question. As far as 
So another just crazy coach's thing is because I, I always want to be with my family until the day they kick me out, I will be right here. So as far as like a few of my friends were talking about moving into an apartment, you know, typical college girl things. And, you know, you sign a rent August to August. Well, anybody that knows anything about football, everything happens in December. So I talked to mom and dad and they were like, well, we hope, you know, clearly you hope everything stays the same and everything, but you can't be stuck with the lease for eight more months. And I was like, I can't, not that I had to miss out on that. They would have let me, we could have made it work, but it was like, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to go wherever they go and stay wherever they are. And so that's just one example of something that a normal person wouldn't really have to think about. But as far as separating the two, I think dad does a really good job of being like a cool dad too. I mean, that sounds so weird, but He's pretty good about, you know, understanding that my sister's in high school and I'm in college. So he does a really good job of knowing we're not going to just stay cooped up. And, you know, we're both big family girls. So he comes first before anything else college wise. I'm sure that's tough too, though, because you're at the same college that your dad's coaching. So if they do bad or if something goes bad, you're hearing about it from all different perspectives, not alone like the community, you're hearing about it from your friends, I'm sure, maybe not your close friends, but other people (laughs) in your classes and things like that. So how do you deal with that? Like, I know we already talked about it a little bit, but how do you deal with that, especially being at the same college as him? Right. I'm in a sorority, I'm a Kappa Delta, and sometimes, you know, a game, we had our big rival game yesterday. And of course, you know, there's like questions and talk and like, oh, what if we don't win? Da, da, da. And it's like, I have to remember that, like I said, football is just a game. And even though it is a bummer that that's how we get money, whatever, that it is just a game. And I try to tell them that too, like, y'all, it's just a game. Like if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. You know, I try to make it so casual about it. And when he got this job, I was coming into college and I said, dad, are you sure? Because I kind of had another college kind of on my mind. We'll actually back up. When dad got the ULM job, I kind of planned on going to college there because I thought that's where he would be. You know, I had a roommate there. I dropped deposits for everything. I had signed up for recruitment, sorority stuff. And then he just flips and we come here. And I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, I still want to go there. And so I remember I would ask dad, I said, are you sure this is the right decision? Are you sure this is going to be worth it? And he just looked at me and he was like, when have I ever done anything that wasn't in our family's best interest? And so I guess after that, I just trusted that if the Lord placed this opportunity on him, then, you know, he would give him the right, the right decision to make. So I guess that's kind of, how I knew and it's really not as hard as some people would think just because we're so close you know I do think that it is rare that you have a family unit that you all move together no matter what because Mm -hmm. I feel like there are as many instances where now that you're in college if your dad was to get another job and go somewhere else then you would stay put in most instances that I've heard and so that's neat that you have that mentality of like we're going to be a family we're going to stay together but I do want to point out she (laughs) has a dad that is a coach and she's probably like living this lifestyle (laughs) and then she starts dating one. (laughs) So it makes me laugh because this is actually for y'all that are listening. This is how we met Anna is not only through the podcast, but 
Her boyfriend, Caden, is a student assistant here at Mississippi State, and so she just couldn't get enough of the football lifestyle. (laughs) So I want to know how y'all met, and then I also want to know what in the world did your dad say when he was like, oh boy, here comes another coach's (laughs) lifestyle. (laughs) Yes, so I guess, okay, so it started... So dad, back way when I was little, I had gotten an iPad for Christmas and when I was like seven. And back then in high school, you know, they didn't give coaches iPads to watch film and all that. So like at seven o'clock every night, I'd have to give my iPad to dad and he would watch film on my iPad. And he had his like huddle account set up and all that. And so I used to lay next to him and we would watch huddle together. That was like our father-daughter bonding, whatever. And so I got to the point where dad wouldn't even be there and I would click the little orange app, you know, and I'd start watching and he would walk in and be like, what are you? It was like a proud dad moment or something. And so after that, it was like, I want to be with someone just like this. Like, I want to be with a coach. And that was just like a standard I'd set, which sounds so crazy. And so I was like, if they're not interested in football, they're just not, you know, they're not the one. And so after a while, then we had to move and all this. And I was like, forget it. I would never talk to a coach. This is terrible. And then I actually nannied for a family when we lived in Hattiesburg and Katie was student assisting there at the same college. And so they kind of set us up and we were actually high school rivals and we had never met before. And so when we met, it was like, okay. And then I moved to Troy. And so I said, I'm not doing long distance or anything like that. And then one weekend I was like, I just want to go and meet him in person. You know, so I told my dad, and my mom, and I was like, I think I'm going to go meet this guy in Hattiesburg. And of course, dad was like, well, I need to do some recruiting there anyway. So that works out perfect. So dad and I like follow each other to Hattiesburg. Like, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> and we met that weekend. And then so we've been doing long distance ever since the start, which is tough. But it's so cool to get to see him like get to live out what he wants to do. And it's cool to watch him come to dad sometimes for like advice or whatever. And so that's just kind of like a super cool experience for me to kind of get to see them both. And I know, too, when Caden and I first started, you know, whatever, and he was like, well, I probably won't get to talk to you a lot. I kind of was like, I know, like, you don't have to go through all this, you know, so it kind of just happened and has been great. I'm sure that's like the best thing for him too, because he doesn't have to fully explain it because you completely understand. Whereas like yeah. for me, I would feel like it was a brand new world. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I was like, I need a diagram. Yeah, I'm like, what do you mean you, you don't have an actual off weekend? I don't understand. Yeah, but what is that like for you with long distance? Because you probably have to balance like your dad's games and being there with your family as well as dating someone and being away from them and having to balance their football schedules. And this year with COVID, and everything you almost have to plan like weeks in advance like okay I'm gonna be at these games for Caden these games for dad and then it's like Caden's game get canceled and dad's game get canceled and it's like I don't know what to do anymore so of course I always ask dad you know which Caden is also very understanding too you know like no you go watch your dad's games and you can come to this one and dad's pretty understanding too about that's gonna be a good game you should go to that one you know so it's not like one's pulling me you know whatever but I think that's what's so cool is when they do the same thing they kind of understand more I guess and so it seemed like this season all of dad's home games and Caden's home games like lined up perfectly But when Mississippi State played Alabama, that was like a short drive. So I was like, I need to go to that one at least and get to support him there. So 
Now with COVID and things not getting canceled, it might be a little easier to plan it and go with that. But they're both really understanding about which one. Yeah, I think that's like kind of a blessing in disguise since they both get it because usually with family, either the family doesn't get it or like you're trying to balance everything. It is just a whole mess. So that's wonderful that you get to figure that out. But you should share with them your Alabama story because you said you got there so early because you were ready to see him. So I've never been to like a huge SEC game. I mean, I had, but it was like with people that had like parking passes and that kind of stuff. I had never just gone by myself and whatever. And so Caden tells me I'm on will call. I have no idea what will call is. You would think being a coach's daughter, I'm familiar with that. No. So I get there. The game starts at like six or something. I mean, it was pretty late. I'm there like in the parking lot at like two and I'm sitting there. I'm like, what am I supposed to do for four hours? It's my friend and I, her dad coaches at Troy too. So I was like, you have to come with me and we got to figure this out. And so we went to Nukes and watched the Troy game. And then we went to the stadium and we got to Will Call and they said, Will Call doesn't open for like another 45 minutes. And we were like, oh my gosh. And so we just sat there and I was so embarrassed. And so I texted Caden and I was like, oh, we're here. And he was like, we haven't even left yet. And I was like, oh, that is so terrible. And so we finally get in. We're the first ones in the stadium. And we sit there for like three hours waiting for kickoff. We, it was fun, though. I got to see him. And, of course, he was like, if you want a picture, you better hurry. So it was fun. And it was a good, it was a good experience to kind of get to watch him do what I know he's worked hard for. That's a hilarious story, first off, because I remember when you told me that, I was like, oh, girl, (laughs) four hours early, but that's all right. It's a learning lesson. It's okay. So what are some things that you've been asked growing up that people assume about you and your family? Like just things that you're like, what? That's not even true. Yeah, I think, well, of course, like holidays just in general, especially like not necessarily our family, but sometimes it'll be like, well, for Christmas, you get to go and do the bowl game, and it's like, you know, you get to travel and get this, like, free trip out of it. But on the flip side, like, you don't get to go have Christmas with, like, your grandparents and, like, other side of the family. So, like, while that is so fun, there's a con to it, too. And then all oh, y'all get all these tickets to the games when it's, like, in reality, not really. <laughs> I think my last question for you is basically making friends and what you were taught as a kid that really stuck with you to be able to make friends in all these new situations. I think that's the coolest part about being a coach's kid is that you really get to go to experience all these new things like we talked about, but you have to make friends and you have to be willing to like put yourself out there. So was there like life lessons that your parents taught you when you were younger about that? Yeah, they told me just to love everyone, judge nobody, and you never know what goes on behind closed doors. And so that, as far as just me as a person, that helped me. Looking back, moving in middle school wasn't that bad, but in the moment, it's like middle school, basically college, like, I don't know what to do. And so I remember coming home and being like, Dad, I don't have any friends. And he was like, who'd you talk to? And I was like, nobody. I just sat at my desk, but nobody talked to me. But my dad's dad, he played in the NFL, so they moved around all the time too. And so dad was so good about, here's how you need to go up and talk to him and invite him over. You know, he was so good about helping us out, I guess, in any way that he could. And as far as football, they always just taught us that a 12-0 and record or an 0-12 record, it really doesn't make a difference in our family life. You know, we're still us and that doesn't make us who we are. And so I guess that's what 
if there's anyone listening that has kids that are growing up in this lifestyle, the noise is inevitable. I mean, you can say like, well, don't get on Twitter, but you're still going to hear stuff. You know, it just happens. And so for me, you know, I focus on Exodus 14, 14, and it says the Lord will fight for you. You just have to be still. And so it's just interesting because the football world isn't on your side, but the Lord is, and that's all that matters. So at least for me, you know, that's all that makes a difference for me. So who he is as a coach isn't who he is as a significant other or dad. Teach them that starting out, because then when you hear the noise and what everyone's saying, you can kind of like laugh at it and not like take it to where like, oh, is my dad a bad person? Or, you know, just like, yeah, whatever. That was a bad call. On to the next one. And so that's, I guess, what I would say. Yeah, that's a perfect way to end and wrap everything up because I'm sure moms out there with kiddos are trying to figure it out. And I think that that is just inspiring in itself. And we appreciate you coming on and sharing as our first coach's kid. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Yes. And thank you guys all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on more than a season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.